0: Chug it, chug it,
1: to tune into DLC for our E3 Spectacular, or, you know, as close to spectacular as we get these days uh, with virtual E3, I don't even know, uh, and I guess maybe one of two, because we're recording this Sunday night, the, what, 13th of June, uh, and we have not seen Nintendo's presentation. We have not seen, I guess, Capcom's going to do a presentation. We're still in the middle of E3, so we will be talking about E3 next week as well. But as customary, uh, we are doing our E3 spectacular where we talk about as much as we can possibly fit into the show. We also have got, uh, you know, a pretty big video game that was released. But I'm your host, Jeff T Kanata, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash /nemesis the guy who is on the e3 show floor right now virtually mr christian spicer hello christian
2: um i uh, they they didn't let me in they checked my badge they said it, they needed to dox my home address still it's been
1: a it's been a day did you at least uh, make your cartoony avatar christian come on i didn't I honestly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> i did i spent way more time on that than i should have um hey and it wouldn't be e3 it barely is E3, but it wouldn't be E3 <laughs> without our friend, one of our favorite guests, and uh, my frequent E3 companion. I miss seeing you in person, Anthony Towermina. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I
0: yeah i I miss I miss the sitting in the line in the sun, waiting yeah, to baking. get into the thing, and then stand up because. Sony thought it would be great to put us in a church for last of us part two.
1: Yeah. Or the numerous, uh, hang on, Anthony, I'm going to go see what new hors d'oeuvres they've put out. (laughs) Yes. That's my, that's my E3 go-to. Yeah. Uh, I'm much less well-fed this year. That's for sure. I have, I have many fewer, uh, Sliders, sliders, cakes and, yeah, sliders really? and crab cakes in my I've belly. I've been straight
2: up just like eating pints of ice cream as I watch these things. Like, <laughs> this is it's like COVID extended. I'm like, the
1: yeah. <laughs> it feels weird, guys. I i know it's either I mean, Anthony, I'm sure. Uh, as g- the games rant editor in chief, you are uh, probably doing even way more than, than Christian and I are doing this week. Sure. But yeah, it still feels weird and like yeah you're not doing as much, right it does it doesn't feel like a full e three does it or does it um,
0: in, in some ways it feels like, a, a longer E3, you know, because so much of what typically happens with E3 is the press conferences, then E3 starts and they just hit you with everything. And then the next yeah. two days are just about seeing the games. Right. Uh, and so a lot of the news announcements have already happened, but this is more like there is basically E3 news up until the end of E3, which is Tuesday
1: right right so your so your coverage plans are more complicated because you're not you know back-to-back meetings like we have at a usual e3 but you are waiting to report on stuff post stuff to the site and get that news out yeah
0: yeah i would say it's not terribly different i would say the 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 biggest difference is yeah the the like element of e3 that's my favorite part, and I think all of our favorite parts, is getting to play games. Keanu Reeves.
2: To oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> getting to talk to developers, and, and a lot of that is just n- not happening at the same level that it was, it, that it would be normally. And so right. I miss that. But uh, outside of that, it's in some ways it's better. In some ways, it's not worse, but in some ways, it's more challenging. I would say for um, covering it for any sort of publication.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it. it- I have less of a handle on it. It just, which feels like it is, is a little counterintuitive, almost because sitting at home. I mean, I Christian, you've had the experience of covering E3 from home a, a few times, and I've usually gone every. I mean, I have gone every year, and so I maybe I'm just warped by my perception of not going to a place and spending all day at the convention center running around. But it, it, I feel like I have less of a handle on what's going on because I'm not seeing people. I'm not talking to people. I'm just reading it on a website like it would any other day. I don't know. It seems odd. The
2: buzz is di- – and, and, you know, last year there was no E3. But this year – so, yeah, typically I, you know, go don't go to the press conferences live. Like for the past yeah. three or four years, I haven't really done that. And then I'll do the press days on the show floor. But even that and that, you know, my kind of hybrid way out, I was doing E3 for a while – you do kind of feel the electricity a little differently, where you'll bump into somebody that you know and someone you know respected in the industry or whatever, and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, you got to check out, uh, you know, ping pong battles." And you're like, "Oh yeah, ping pong battles is incredible." And like, Ugh. and you hear someone you know across the show floor being like,
0: "Oh my gosh, this is incredible!"
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like all of that kind of builds. And that right now, it's just kind of Twitter uh, and people reacting to things, which doesn't carry the same weight, I think, as like seeing people come out of meetings buzzing seeing people come out of the cyberpunk meeting was it two years ago like that look on their face they're just like i've seen god <laughs> you know like <laughs> right. it's really exciting and, and not having that it, it definitely makes it different
1: and those surprise games that aren't in any of the press conferences but you're just wandering around and you see them or you've got an appointment at 2 30 in some weird place and yeah. you go in and you go oh my gosh i didn't even know this was in development that all that stuff just seems to be lost but That doesn't mean we don't have tons to talk about. I feel like, uh, even more than ever, this is the E3 of... I just, there's so much, so much. I mean, we had a full couple of days of press conferences and then the PC games thing happened. And it was like, oh, more games were announced there than in the Xbox Bethesda conference, which was jam-packed too. So we're going to do our best to get through as much... Get our reactions to as much as we could possibly can in this episode, whilst also carving out some time to talk about Ratchet & Clank, because like a legit AAA awesome game is out, and I want to talk about that as well. But let's dive in, fellas. Uh, Oh, by the way, this episode is sponsored by Ritual and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you. Oh, sorry, I was just trying to, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will get to those soon, but I, you know, usually I structure these in chronological order, but I don't think I want to do that this time because it's all over the place and there's so much to talk about. Let's just get to what I consider to be the biggest stuff first, because I think we're going to run out of time just trying to talk about every little thing. Uh, And let's jump right to Microsoft Bethesda because there's no Sony press conference at E3 this year. So I feel like Microsoft Bethesda is the big dog. I mean, I know we had Ubisoft. Nintendo. Nintendo,
2: Nintendo, of course. As we're recording.
1: Right. The big dog that has happened so far. Uh, Nintendo will. I'm very excited to talk about that next week. It's happening on Tuesday. Um, So maybe by the time you're hearing this, Nintendo will have happened and we'll all be shocked at the Switch Pro or Zelda or whatever. Metroid, whatever they're going to surprise everybody with. Probably none of those but um <laughs> but uh we will talk about that next week. Let's let's start with um Microsoft Bethesda because I think super interesting right off the bat, right? We don't start the game with any Microsoft employee or the game. We don't start the show, the presentation with any Microsoft employees. We start with Todd Howard from Bethesda. So right at the top, it's a new look. It's this weird hybrid of these two companies that You know, talk about being a partnership rather than just an acquisition. Uh, And, of course, Bethesda has a lot of goodwill and is a big, huge company. And these are known people and known personalities that –
2: They had their own huge press conferences in years past. Yes. You know, so it's –
1: Anthony and I uh, ate food at Bethesda conferences together many times. Look, um, we've all missed out on the Blink-182 Yeah, conference. that's <laughs> what I wanted to bring it up. You know,
2: yeah, I, I, I knew would. you would. I knew you would. It's okay. That,
0: that year when they spent that Skyrim money and they brought Blink-182 sprinkles cupcakes yeah. and a In-N-Out food truck uh, will go down as the single most luxurious
1: press conference
2: post-party. I, well, that was the that year was
1: before the, the carnival. Like, they had the carnival yes, the next true. year. That's yeah. true. And I was
2: that's true. in the car getting ready. I was like... Eh. I just can't. I just can't. And then I got (laughs) the both texts from both of you bozos rubbing it in my face. Yeah, Um, my text
1: was like, I think I'm leaving early. Blink 182 just got on stage. I don't know. But I'm still in this VR
2: line, I think was your exact. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Anyway, I think it was super interesting that Todd Howard started the show. And they started the show with, I think, the game that everyone was hoping Microsoft would show, which is Starfield, the next big role-playing game from bethesda studios the the studio that gave us skyrim and fallout and all the big bethesda role-playing games and this is their next big ip that we've known about for many years now and uh the big news was there was going to be a in-game trailer um i think the trick now the shocker is that we got a release date yeah. which to me is just really uh, really surprising really surprised. i whether they hit that release date or not will be a surprise but it is um uh what 5 years to the day uh, after skyrim was skyrim, released yeah yeah, yeah. so it'll be 11 11 of 22 uh
2: wait 5 years i feel like
1: shouldn't 10 it be years.
2: oh excuse me 10 years they, 10 years, 10 yeah, years. They, yes. it would be there jeff everything's 5 years ago yeah 10
1: years. <laughs> 11 11 <laughs> 11 to 11 11 20. 21 no 11, 20, 11, 22 22,
2: 22. So that, uh, 11, yeah. 11 years <laughs> it's been a long day yeah.
1: math I, not I, my strong suit the, the rest of the show is just us 11 11
2: this. not going to come out then don't worry yeah it
1: doesn't matter right because it's not going to come out then anyway um anyway well so, to be fair
2: that trailer did not say that did not say that was the release date that's what i love about it it showed a date it did not say no, but coming. then they said it after. No, no, yeah, then it's they after, explicitly
1: it's after, had it on the I, screen
2: after. When I know, but I meant in the trailer moment, right. they could be like, oh, sure.
1: <laughs> but also, the trailer didn't like. It, we know the release date, and we know almost nothing else about the game. We know it takes place in space ish, yeah. but Hope. we don't know anything about it. Anthony, give me your take on on Starfy. I mean, uh, did it get you excited or what? Uh, I mean, it's interesting.
0: I, I think it kind of falls in line with what we expected. The more they kind of talked about it afterwards or um, publications were allowed to run some interviews or things that they had prepared ahead of time, they basically didn't shy away from saying, it's basically Skyrim in space. Um, yeah. And so that's not too surprising for me. I think it looks really, really good. You know, the in-engine is always kind of a gray area, so it's hard to
1: say, like, oh, okay, this is... Yeah, is it going to to? I don't think it's going to look next-gen-y because it's no? been in development so long. Next-gen didn't exist when this game started development, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that the more um, the more exciting thing to me is just, like, an idea of a game like that that maybe isn't my cup of tea being on Game Pass. Um, yeah, like what, that, right? That, to me, is, like... You know, I, I'm unsure whether or not I'll be as big a fan of that as I was of Fallout, as I was of Skyrim. But the opportunity to play it with less risk involved is, is the most exciting thing for me, for sure.
1: I mean, I think this is very much a cyberpunk-esque situation where they've put their flag in the sand. And this is this is the game to beat for 2022, right? I mean, yeah. I guess you could say Zelda, which is going to be a 2022 game. maybe or God a of War, th- unless that's... You know, maybe yeah, God of early. War, yeah, yeah. Maybe God of War. I, I would, I would say Starfield is is at least in the top two or three, probably the yeah. game of twenty twenty two right now, right? And
0: yeah, so, I, I would have said it would have been the game to to nobody could have beat it if it wouldn't have been Xbox exclusive. But now that it's yeah. Xbox exclusive, I think it occupies that same space as Zelda and God of War in that it's locked yeah. to one ecosystem. Oh, that's well, a really PC. Good point, on
2: Come 2022, come November 2022, and they said this in their lead up to E3 that they are working on an Xbox streaming stick style thing, Sure. and they're going to try to have Xbox built into PCs. I mean, into TVs. I mean, there's an argument here that potentially, come November 2022, all you need is fifteen dollars a month, <laughs> you know, to give this thing a try.
1: Pretty amazing, pretty amazing you're to off think that running. a game like that, but. I think, you know, just like when Skyrim came out, it, and I think Skyrim is a beautiful game, was a beautiful game in 2011 when it was released, but it was already behind the times visually. And I yeah. have a, I have a suspicion that Starfield will feel the same. It'll, I think it'll be much prettier than Skyrim. Clearly there's a, a new version of their engine that they're using. And I anticipate the game is going to be gorgeous in its own way, but I still think it's not going to look like Horizon you know uh forbidden west uh i think it's it's going it's going to feel my prediction is that it will still feel in the way that bethesda studios games tend to it'll still look a little bit behind the times that won't mean it might not be my favorite game you know i love bethesda studios games and i'm super excited for this one i'm super excited for them to do a future world that isn't cynical and depressing like you know
2: Oh, no, no, Um, no, no, no. This is like far in the future where we have the future. We don't get that game, right? We had the future and then the future was ruined. And now you're Starfield. No, I'm just
1: kidding. (laughs) It's like (laughs) still (laughs) Fallout. But that's the thing. We don't know anything about. We don't know the tone, you know? And and Anthony, you say it is Skyrim in space, which I think we all assume that's kind of what it is. But there's still so many questions about that. What does that mean? Are are you flying spaceships? Are you just on combat?
2: Is it guns or is it wizards? You know, like the fundamental...
0: I think they said something to the effect of like, uh it's like a Han Solo simulator or something solo. They they brought up <laughs> yeah. Han Solo.
2: They did I, I saw that too. The quotes were like, it's basically Skyrim in space or a Han Solo simulator. And I was like, those are kind of yeah. different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. the Han Solo
0: doesn't really gel with like the idea of like exploring our greatest mystery and hope and it's like he's a he's a smuggler. He's not a
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> guessing twenty twenty two is going to be a lot of Starfield, uh, you know, press and PR leading up to that November date. And do you guys want to predict whether it's going to hit its its flag in the sand date? Do you think it will?
0: I mean, it's super ambitious to you know, you know, put a flag in a date that far away. But I think yeah. with it being that far away, you have to be they have to be somewhat confident. There, I mean, in, in the past, they've really been good about saying like here's what what's coming out and it's coming out in six months from now. And this is, here's a game coming out a year and a half from now. So I I have no idea, you know, whether that they're going to hit it. I hope they do because that's another game to be excited about, but
1: yeah, it's certainly, you know, as much as I love the elder scrolls games and the fallout games, I am so excited for this. I, I just don't know enough about it to have any expectations of, of what kind of world like the trailer doesn't reveal anything it's very very uh ambiguous in in, in a, a lot of ways you know it's space another, it's like oh yes there's space space is involved but that's about all you get another trailer that was very
2: ambiguous but on the nose with its ambigu- ambiguity and done in a really well really done really well and i'm curious how this plays into whether or not a game gets delayed or where starfield is positioned is from microsoft's other huge rpg company that they now own and that's the outer worlds 2 you know yeah. the outer worlds
1: 2 i very love funny that trailer. trailer very very funny. fun and very appropriate for the game world but that well, but also like in they, the middle of it like skewers yes. all the things that it's in yeah. the middle of right at that moment you know it's, which i think was a testament to microsoft
2: putting it there because yeah. if it was the first trailer of the show it lands differently right. as you've seen a bunch of those trailers everybody gets the you know the things they're making fun of but i'm curious where those two games are positioned and how far away they are like outer Worlds 2 doesn't have a release date at all it seems even further and further out but like when that launched the first one outer world's great game when it came out people were like oh it's fallout in space, <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah, these are from the yeah. fallout people. We're getting fallout in space. And now it's the other fallout people <laughs> are making yeah, fallout right. out in space. Well, I, I think
0: their way of doing it was like, Hey, you haven't really enjoyed fallout as much lately. We're going to go more to fallout's roots. And I think Bethesda was smart to say it's Skyrim in space because right. Skyrim draws up different comparisons. Skyrim, for as much as it is a meme and it's on every other, you know, it's on your toaster and everything. I think it is easily one of the most beloved games of the last few generations. For sure, I think that, yeah, the it's it's interesting. I would love to know like how that relationship exists now. If it's like the Obsidian people are like, I, I'll I'll work with them, but I don't want to see them. Don't don't let me <laughs> don't let me see them. <laughs> it's don't, interesting.
1: I do think that I would suspect that starfield doesn't have any of that sense of humor that outer worlds does i I, it feels to me like starfield like skyrim is much more self-serious than even fallout is and i think outer worlds is more irreverent than even fallout right it went the other direction so i do i don't think that they're stepping on each other's toes too much but i take your point christian and i thought it was a very funny trailer but i also felt like it was it was a trailer that Probably should have been put out not during E3 because it's just like making fun of all the other games that are around it. It just, it (laughs) it was a little, little, uh, like, oh, yeah, no, I just saw, I liked it. I think,
2: I think, I think we can all, I mean, people in the business, and I saw some tweets about it. I, I think they can all laugh at it, you know, like it wasn't mean spirited. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: But it's also one of those like, you know, it's like a Bo Burnham thing where it's like, I'm going to point out this thing, but I am also part of this thing that I'm making yeah. fun of. I'm doing the thing that I'm saying I'm not doing and making fun of it. So you are disarmed from the fact that we announced this game that is a sequel to a game that l- almost just came out and can't yeah. possibly be ready anytime soon.
1: Right. Um, I want to transition to, you know, as soon as we saw Starfield as the first game, I thought, oh, well, that means they're closing the show with Halo. That's the only, that's the only explanation, right? I thought they were going to open the show with Halo and then work up to Starfield as the big closing game. So I assumed, okay, well, uh, Halo Infinite, the reintroduction of Halo Infinite is going to happen at the end of the show because that's the crown jewel of the, the Microsoft library. Not so much. You know, I don't want to read too much into this because I'm sure Microsoft still holds the Halo franchise in high esteem. But boy did it seem like Halo Infinite was just another game in the midst in the middle of the pack, no kind of specialness to it. It didn't it didn't feel like they were relying on Halo to do any of the heavy lifting of creating hype and excitement in their conference. Like Halo always is that is always the game that the lights dim, the music comes up and everybody gets crazy. Boy, it just didn't get framed that way at all. Yeah. This time well,
0: I think part of that is just because uh they had already done that and then they got an extra year <laughs> and so they were yeah. like, well, now what do we do? Because they did that moment of like here's the chief reveal and here's right. the this reveal and so um it how much more can you reveal? And I it, it is a little like you read between the lines and you wonder like, why are they not showing us campaign campaign gameplay to say like, here's what it looks like now. That seems odd. Oh, it's multiplayer that they're focusing on. Okay. That seems interesting. It was enough to get like the fans interested talking about the lore and Cortana and things like that. But just this sweeping shot of a similar looking open area that we've seen before uh, and not giving us any sense of like, here's, how we took your feedback and obviously right. they have plenty of time to do that but that's i mean that was what most people expected right was, was what that i to expected say like, yeah. yeah here here's what it looks like now and instead they were like yeah eh,
1: it, it, multiplayer do you did we know that it was going to be free to play multiplayer before now because i know there was a lot of speculation but w- was that confirmed anthony i don't
0: i don't really remember i it's hard to to like divorce the rumors from what was yeah. actually announced. I, right. I think I want to say that they didn't even talk about multiplayer at all. And we just knew everything based on what other people had said, but
2: I don't know that. Can't say that. I think for it sure. was, I think it was announced that it was going to be free okay. to play on Xbox. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I think so.
1: A very cool thing. I think a very cool thing. Yeah. And uh, the fact that those are being released at the same time, the multiplayer and the, the single player campaign um, you know, I I'm excited for the game, but man, it it did not feel like the top tier franchise for the platform that it usually feels at an E3 presentation. It just kind of was the next game, they talked about it, they announced some stuff and moved on. I I yeah. I mean, I, I disagree
2: I a little bit. I think I mean, they have a lot right now, right? So there's a lot for them to be showing, and I think they kind of paste it as that middle block like it was they didn't just show the gameplay and move on they had developer commentary they spent time with it they they hit on this very cinematic um what the narrative is about i agree with anthony they didn't show like here's what craig looks like now (laughs) you know or whatever but they showed chief floating through space and having this interesting conversation about kind of what her journey is that quote of uh missions change or they always do I'm paraphrasing it. It was really cool. That moment about Cortana, I think, spoke to a lot of fans. And I think from what I got from it is like the campaign is like, you're chief. None of this, you know, other character for half the game. Like this is about chief. This is about Cortana. We're showing this off. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about this for a while now. We're going to zoom out to go back to the stage and have real people chat, (laughs) you know, for a little bit and talk up their credibility for why we're going to talk about this game now and then dive into all of the multiplayer stuff. So to me, it felt like that middle chunk that they really wanted to spend time on. But at the same time, I don't, I think it was smart not to open or close with it because unless they did that, this is what it was before. This is what it is now. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I think that's part
1: of my reaction is that they didn't come out guns blazing, so to speak of, 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 you know, Halo is going to wow you this holiday. You know, it, it was more like everybody's going to get to play this and it's going to be fun. And, and and maybe that's just the message that they wanted was it, it, everybody's going to get to play this. Uh, and I think, that, you know, in, in a large sense, that was the biggest takeaway for me from the Microsoft uh, event was, I guess they showed 30 games and only three of them weren't day one Game Pass games. It's just... The value proposition of Game Pass is so undeniable at this point. It is such a such a home run as far as feeling like an essential service that is so full of of value and great games. Uh, you know, I, I tweeted this, but I kept looking at a game you know that I didn't know about before and and was like oh, that looks kind of cool. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent into it, but the, oh Game Pass day one. Oh yeah, why not play it? I already have it. Uh, And somebody tweeted me and said that they were watching with their mom and their mom turned to them and said, how many of these am I going to have to buy for you? And they turned back to their mom and said, none, I already own all of them. Put them (laughs) on the
0: marketing team, boys and girls. Jeff Canata.
1: So cool. Um, But Christian, you probably will disagree with me. I disagree. Uh, You know, you probably, you know, weren't thinking this, but if you had asked me ahead of the Microsoft presentation, Which game would I come out of being more excited to play, Halo Infinite or Forza Horizon 5? I would have never thought that Forza Horizon 5 would be the answer to that question. But holy moly, that game looks incredible.
2: Yeah, it looks phenomenal. And they're really doubling down on that. Something for everyone, always something to do. It's like the make your own game mode would just look absolutely out there in the best way possible. Like the Broncos are like shooting across the track as other people are hitting launch pads and jumping across and the attention to detail they showed for kind of the, it, it takes place in Mexico and, and the love they're showing that the environment.
1: The that they're using they, to, to create like photorealistic environments. It's bonkers. It looks incredible.
2: It's one of my favorite franchises of all time. And the fact that, Playground games are already on five. Like originally Forza Horizon was the I couldn't m- misremembering, but it was Forza Horizon was kind of the shrug of like, oh, they're doing an arcadey right. Forza yeah. Ug. Uh, and now it's like not only was the first one great, but they've just gotten better and better and better each time. And like, yeah, I'm curious what turn 10's gonna do for the next Forza Motorsports.
1: But, like, not really. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it looks so fun, so beautiful, uh, you know, photoreal. The The notion of this campaign mode, which is kind of exploration and story-based, that's exactly what I want out of a racing game. That's what I've wanted for years, like, a reason for me to play it. Give me a reason to play it. Finally, a
2: racing game that lets me not race. Yes. I want a racing game. I Finally, be- all I want...
1: Yes, I want to be in that beautiful world with those beautiful cars and not have to race them. I want to Jeff, do something are you, else. Are you familiar with Fast and Furious Crossroads? <laughs> I am actually. I am. <laughs> no, all I want. I, I don't know if you know this, Anthony, but I'm in that game. That, that was that was the joke. But okay, I mean, it does uh, have.
0: I know what you're saying, though. I, I'm I'm with you. I think a lot of the Need for Speed games, when they try it, it usually isn't successful, but it is an entry point for me because the racing strict racing element doesn't excite me as much as something larger than that.
2: Yeah. Oh man. I just want a racing game where, you know, I'm dragged behind a Jeep, you know, and like my brother's on a motorcycle and we're going yeah. through mud. And then like, I climb a bell tower. Like I want a racing game. Yes. That does something
1: like that. That's really all I That game. I don't game. know. I, I, I guess that's ridiculous, but, but the idea of using a race, using these incredible environments and letting me explore them and have the discovery, uh, you know, it, all of that, I'm into, I, I played a ton of burnout paradise because I only had to race every so often. <laughs> I get to do all kinds of other cool stuff, look for jumps and run around and do tricks with my friends. And, you know, that I, I'm into that. So yeah. I, I, looks, I know I'm the- not them. The no uh, guy, i think but. that's what forza
2: horizon is going for though and i think the last one did a lot of that four and i think three did a lot before that especially with the hot wheels pack but you're, you're finding jumps you're finding vistas and now it's like that pinata smash mode where it's kind of just exploring free-for-all outrunning the road like most of my time in forza horizon 4 is exploring and just finding yeah. cool peaks and then as i'm going someone will challenge me to a race and it's like yeah okay i guess why not um getting lost going to the next event um i'm very curious to see how events are structured in this game but forza horizon 5 and then halo coming out months you know at most a month apart right like this gets a heck of a holiday for xbox just those two games are massive
1: well in in contrast to years past at e3 those really are the only games coming out this year that they're you know that are really that the headliners of this presentation on there's yeah. previous years where it's like everything you're going to see is going to be available this holiday you know uh and i think a lot of that is covid right we're just we're seeing a lot of games uh, pushed into 2022 well,
2: i mean there is so uh the what's it what is it? I'm, this picture is too small on my computer right now but the dungeons and dragons game is this month yes. that looks cool dark, the alliance. Ascent, dark alliance the ascent looks awesome that's yes. next month psychonauts 2 Is August. Well, they had that that,
1: graphic where there was like literally every month on Game Pass is going to be a brand new game. And I I think think that's amazing. And exactly what you want. I mean, that's what Netflix does, right? Every month on Netflix, there's some new big original programming. And that's what you want. I'm just saying the the sort of big triple eight top tier stuff is mostly that they showed is mostly beyond this year. Yes. Um, You know, I think the only other game that we absolutely have to talk about... I mean, after we do this one, I'll open it up and you guys can bring up other games. Because like I said, 30 or 33, I think it was, games... 27 out of the 30. Yeah, 27 out of the 30 are are Game Pass games, day one, which is just incredible.
2: Hades, did you... I've never... Blew me away, that game. I think it could be something.
1: I'm still not familiar with what you're talking about. I watched the entire presentation and I don't recall. I think it's a MOBA. I don't know. It looked cool, though. Um. right. The other game we have to talk about is the game that closed the show. You know, I thought it was very fascinating that they started the show with a Bethesda game and then ended the show with a Bethesda game. Uh, and that game is the new arcane studios vampire game that I brought up last week that we'd heard rumors about. Uh, It's now uh,
2: called it. Uh, Anyway, we have to talk about this one. I don't (laughs) know. The (laughs) video
1: users saw me literally patting my own back. As I said that, um, that that was an itch. Uh, Redfall. Redfall is the name of the game, and we saw a cinematic trailer for Redfall. Anthony, what do you make of that game? A, the reveal of it, and B, the fact that it closed the show.
0: Uh, Well, the fact that it closed the show was pretty surprising. You know, like you, Jeff, I figured opener is either Starfield Halo and closer is Starfield, whichever one didn't open the show. So I was right. really surprised. Um, But maybe it was more something like, you know, Microsoft was saying, hey, this is a game not enough people are aware of. You know, yeah. if you haven't really been digging through the rumors, this will be a genuine surprise to you versus the other games. Have been of course, known if you're a, a, while.
1: a DLC listener, it wouldn't be a surprise sure. to you at all because, you know, I mentioned it last week
0: indeed okay uh we're gonna keep okay <laughs> um I'm just kidding. but I, yeah as far as like the game itself when there were rumors of it the a lot of the talk was like a dishonored but you're a vampire and i i sort of got myself psyched up for that and this isn't really that no. um, But what what they did offer seems really really cool it's uh you know a single player or co-op you are uh, you have powers of some sort uh depending on on what character you're playing yeah, as are, i, a I guess a character
1: with like awesome umbrella and elevator powers that yeah. looked amazing yeah so it's like all kind of sort of um victorian or elizabethan like yeah uh, yeah cool stuff cool stuff
0: yeah definitely cool and then you're fighting against vampires more or less you know i i got yeah. some like left for dead vibes and a little bit of like um kind of Drawing a tiny bit from like the personality of uh um deathloop uh, in mm, terms of like yeah. the stylishness of it and but again, Felt a, a little a,
1: overwatch to me the, yeah, the, the, sure. like a hero shooter uh, vibe,
0: yeah, so it, but it's also, yeah, it's one of those things where what is the game? what does it look like? I, yeah. I have no sense of of really anything outside of the world that they're creating, but even that, I have a lot of questions um but props to them for for choosing some like a new ip and closing out the show with it and saying look we want to stand behind this studio that we re- we acquired and we want to like show off their properties as they would you know allowing them to co mingle and not just saying like here's the Bethesda block and then right Here's all our stuff, you know, allowing them to all exist and giving them a showstopper. That was unexpected for sure.
1: Yeah, it definitely felt like money well spent for Microsoft. Like they they're getting their money's worth out of uh, out of the Bethesda acquisition. Uh, Christian, what did you think of Redfall?
2: Yeah, I think it looks gorgeous. The world building they did, the interplay between the characters. It it seems very compelling. Um, I. And I, we'll learn all this, right? I'm not annoyed by it. I think this was a very good reveal. And like Anthony, I think having it at the end says a lot about the partnership that these – I would say two companies, but that this company, <laughs> you know, has with itself. And I have a lot of questions about what type of game it is. I'm curious how back for bloody it is or left for daddy it is. I'm curious, you know, if it is like a story campaign that I could play through single player or are the three of us going to squad up to, to play – um I'm curious how similar it is to Deathloop in the sense that can a human play the vampire? You know, there are a lot of those types of questions that as we're talking today as this this conference just happened, some of those might've been written about. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't seen some of those deeper dives that Microsoft might be doing in the next few days, but right now, having just watched it, it's very compelling. It's stylish as heck. It's got great personality and the mix of gunplay and powers is something I always get excited about. I like powers in my shooters, Outriders, Valorant. Um, I, I want more of that. And this looks to be given, uh, the Overwatch. I want powers with my shooters. I like it. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing I like most is that the powers in this one look really unique. It didn't look like just another variation on the same old stuff we see over and over. Uh, they looked really, really cool and unique. And I hope that that continues, uh, you know, as, as we find out more about the game uh, I'd like uh, it, it seemed to have a distinct personality right away. It didn't just feel like, you know, X game with vampires. It felt like, oh, this really yeah. does look like it has some cool design elements. The characters immediately popped and you felt like they had character. Like the the one guy who's like, let me tell this reminds me of when I was in Honduran. and they're like, oh, be quiet. It just it it felt like there was already established uh personalities to grab onto yeah. and I thought that was really cool. Um so yeah. I'm looking forward and- to Redfall. I think You know, I can't wait to find out more. We didn't get any sense of how near or far away a game it is, but I assume it's a 2022 at the earliest.
2: Uh, Broadly speaking as well, uh, Microsoft conference was incredible. It was well paced. It felt like a show to me. Um, Not all of these do. And a lot of times it's like, oh, you can just watch these trailers later, like literally minutes after they're announced. They're everywhere. So why watch the show? I thought Microsoft did a heck of a job putting this thing together, having You know, people talking on stage enough so it wasn't just trailer after trailer after trailer, but at the same time balancing action with humor and comedy. And there weren't – were there – I don't think there were stepped-down acoustic covers of songs. Like four years ago, right? Four years ago, Redfall would have had – an acoustic version of the world is a vampire playing, over, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: yeah. Uh, smashing. The, the, the that, music, yeah.
2: the pacing and kudos to all of the companies and individuals who put these trailers together. They were really, really, really well done. Microsoft's pro- press conference was, I mean, it was a 10 out of 10.
1: I agree. I thought it was a stellar show. And again, my biggest takeaway was game pass. It's it, they, constantly with that game pass logo and and showing so many games that we're going to be there day one on game pass if that's what they're selling and it seems to be the case they are i am a very happy customer i am pleased overjoyed to give them my monthly fee based on the value proposition that they're presenting it's just like as you said they showed that graphic of you know a big game every single month all of these huge properties that you would you know Everybody would line up to spend 60 or 70 dollars to buy, you get right there as part of the subscription. There's no extra extra fee to play Starfield or any of the other big you know, Halo or any of the other big games. It's it's an extraordinary thing. And um kudos to them for committing to that. I want to talk about some of the other numerous games. Uh, but first I want to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Uh, if you have any reason to have a website, and let's face it, we all do at some point or another. Uh, you gotta you showcase your work, you gotta publish content, you gotta maybe you have a store you wanna sell something, you have a physical store that you wanna promote. Whatever it is, even if you wanna just announce something, use Squarespace to create your website, and I promise you, you will have the easiest uh, path to creating a website. You, you don't even have to hire anybody, you can make it yourself. It's so simple using Squarespace's tools. I've been using Squarespace for over a decade. JeffCanada.com was built on Squarespace. I love it. I always recommend it because they do everything for you (laughs) other than make it look exactly how you want. But you start with templates that are already beautiful and then you just start moving stuff around. It's so simple to create a beautiful looking website that does exactly what you need it to do. You don't have to worry about all the garbage that it can weigh you down. You don't have to worry about whether it's going to look good on mobile. It's going to right out of the box. It works good on mobile. You don't have to worry about if, if you need to upgrade the software or patch things, that's all handled for you in the background. You don't have to do anything. It's so simple. They have analytics. They have all the tools you need to build a great website, to make it look beautiful and attractive and, and and captivating to people who visit but also useful to you as the operator of the website for all the things that you need. You can buy domains at Squarespace so simply. I just did that recently. Make it yourself, do it yourself, create a website using Squarespace's tools. How? Well, head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You'll get a free trial. It's not just a free trial where you put your credit card in and then after a period of time, they charge you anyway. That's not how they do it. You don't even give them your credit card to start. You just start building your website. And then when it's time to launch your website, then put in that promo code, Jeff Sent Me, J E F F S E N T M E, and you'll save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. It's so simple. Squarespace.com slash Jeff Sent Me, promo code Jeff Sent Me, get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Make it yourself, make it beautiful, use Squarespace. All right, Anthony, I wonder if there are any other games from the Microsoft Bethesda showcase that jumped out to you either in a good way or a bad way.
0: Um nothing really in a bad way. um, I'm really excited for another plague tale. um I really, really enjoyed a plague tale. I think it was on my hidden gems one year yes,
1: I remember that and and kind of a surprise to get a sequel to yeah, that game right
0: definitely it um I knew that there were enough fans around it, but you never know whether or not that's gonna support making another one. um that looks really exciting. I'm still intrigued by Twelve Minutes. I feel yes. like at this point, oh, I yeah, I have no idea if I've seen everything, if I've seen nothing. I, it, I'm I'm super intrigued by that. And then the the last game that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Atomic Heart. Yeah, uh, which basically to me looks like Russian Bioshock uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, it just it, it's so few games do that. Like you have a weapon in one hand and you have powers in the other. You know not enough do it and not enough do it well um, that if this game can kind of pull that off, I'm, I'm really excited by that.
1: Yeah. 12 minutes, anything from Annapurna to me, I just have to give it a shot because Annapurna is just a great publisher that seems to pick wonderful games and 12 minutes looks so interesting and unique. Um, And I'm glad it got time at the show. I'm glad they, they highlighted some games that didn't look like everything else uh, because, you know, in between showing more battlefield and, you know, back for blood and, and some of these games that just sort of run into one another back to back. It's nice to see something different, like 12 minutes. Uh, another couple that I'll throw on the pile, that game Somerville, uh, which looks a lot like inside, but maybe a little, even more grounded. And, and it had a sci-fi vibe, but it was like, uh, you know, a, a dad, I look like a dad just trying to save his family running away with the. It looked like a game where you don't really do much combat, but there's combat around you
2: and it's wow. played at as well it's so
1: same yes it's inside in uh devs it looks right. really cool beautiful looking beautiful looking uh and then um uh replaced yeah, which was say another it. Re-
2: say it
0: <laughs> that is that one that yeah, thing i didn't i didn't say it because i figured it, it was christian so, number one on
1: christians
0: for a book bu- for for sure
1: so good right so good it looks incredible Yeah, Yeah, I love the visual style of that game. Anything else, Christian, other than drool?
2: I mean, I I think what's compelling about Replace to me is the visual style, but then also the way the action was playing out. Um, A lot of times I think you can have beautifully crafted side scroller kind of pixel type games, but the action might not quite be there. There certainly are a number that are done really, really well but the way inside seemed to capture all of the aesthetics that I really, <laughs> really like, where it has, like, cyberpunks, kind of, like, color hues to it, fast-paced, frenetic combat. Seems like it's also telling an interesting story. It kind of reminded me of Katana Zero and, and kind of what it's laying down. Um, and, then, and then, again, that was another Game Pass game where it was like, yeah, I will play that. Of um, course, yeah. Why not? It's It's really hard. But as you go through this list of, like, Party Animals, I thought, looked super compelling and has the chance to be a breakout hit. Like, it was just, so, it almost looked, looked
1: like... first of what I assume will be many Fall Guys likes. Yeah.
2: yeah I, think, I think you can play
0: Party Animals right now on PC. Um, oh, really? It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty neat. It, it's like, um, it kind of reminds me of... Uh, what's Game that? Game Beasts? Yes, it reminds yeah. me of Game Beasts, but more like things to do beyond just like, oh, you're trying to eliminate. You have like tasks, Um, but it seems like they're trying to expand that into more than just what is on offer right now, which is like mini games to play with friends.
1: And then the other one that we haven't mentioned yet
2: is Shredders, which... I was
1: wondering if you were going to mention that one because it seems like your jam.
2: it, It looks really cool. It looks, you know, kind of like... I mean, it's less SSX, which I know SSX for you, Jeff, is like uh burnout for you to racing games like there's one style of snowboarding game you like and it's one of two s's and one x um
1: well can i tell you something before you go on because you you brought that up i tweeted that uh you know like why would anybody um announce a snowboarding game that isn't ssx and then a friend of mine who's a game dev was like hey these are the guys that did um um uh, space pirate trainer He's like, and I can, t- I promise you this game is going to be awesome. I was like, oh, interesting. And then the d- the devs themselves wrote me and they said, hey, because I said, I said um, something like I, but I, but I want my neon and fireworks. Okay. I'll still give shredders a shot. And then the devs from shredders tweeted me and said, we promise you that neon and fireworks are very <laughs> close to our heart. So I'm hoping there's some neon and fireworks in that game at some point. <laughs> I liked, I liked, I
2: liked what it had, right? I think there was neon in the trailer where it was like 2022, we hope, or, you know, whatever it said, like probably yeah. uh, 2021, I think is what it said. Kind of acknowledging the, you know, the COVID in the room uh, and and how that impacts things. And then yeah. it kind of gave me some 1080 vibes also, like a little more grounded, but had that really cool tone um, and not too uh you know yuck anyone's yum but just kind of compare potentially similar things like Riders republic uh, for ubisoft just looked a little too out there for me. i was like what is it's happening? happening it's everything and shredders is seemed to be a very
1: specific thing yeah
2: and it, it really spoke to me
1: yeah it looks cool it Looks cool and again i think it's a game pass game so it why, is a not? Game pass game. why not why not try it you know um yeah yeah uh, the the only other thing i'll bring up and then we can move on from Microsoft because I, I think, again, as you guys have said, I think a very strong showing for Microsoft overall. Uh, really, I don't know what else I would have wanted, uh, but there well, is a lot
0: of things I would have wanted. Cloud,
1: <laughs> <I'd, I, laughs> <A> <yeah. laughs>
0: Fable, Hellblade 2.
1: Touche. <laughs> yes, that was a stupid thing to say, but I, I mean, I don't know what else I would have wanted with this slate of games as far sure. as you know how you structure a show how you pace the show like yeah. i think you know i think it, i think it was a very strong showing um there was one game though that game contraband that yeah. was announced that i don't know what the point of that was cuz i have no clue what that game is i know open there is world. a game called contraband open world bro
0: yeah my understanding is it it's uh it's a it's the the just cause
1: devs are working right? on yeah avalanche on, uh, it's avalanche um but yeah I, it said like there's said co-op open world yeah but i have no idea like, is it a period thing it looks kind of it had period music it is the 70s
2: and, yeah yeah
1: and like reel to reel tape so i'm assuming it's sort of like vietnam ish is it i but like no idea no uh, contraband kind of indicates some sort of a heist or uh, you know smuggling th- yeah. but i have no it just it doesn't occupy a place in my head as a game because i have no context yeah. in which to, to what is it and, and it's person- like what what even is the point of that was you like know, fixing
2: a, yeah. a a truck in it, so it's like, d- yeah, you can try to sit there and st- extrapolate out things. Like, okay, so there's base building and repairing, and crafting. There,
1: but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah,
2: I was really, I really liked the trailer until it ended. You know, I'm right, I was expecting <laughs> yeah. to then see gameplay or or even or cause some like,
1: sense of something.
2: Yes, because yeah. Redfall didn't have gameplay, but I have a pretty, you know, I know what I'm right. doing. Shootings and powers. Yeah, i there's still don't lots know of questions
1: to be answered in Redfall. But at least I understand the type of game that
2: it is. To me, it almost
0: seems like Microsoft is trying to do a counterpoint to Sony in that they just want to have the bullet points on their Wikipedia page. Even if they say TBA, they want you to know every game they're working on. And for as much or as little information you have about it, you can say this game, this game, this game, this game, this game. Whereas Sony is like, we're not going to tell you about anything until it has a subtitle or whatever um it, it is weird though to just have them like in the middle of a presentation put together this trailer
2: and then say this game okay bye yeah well maybe maybe you got to steal it you got to steal the infra- oh, <laughs> the, contra- the game <laughs> itself
1: is contraband i get it
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: um okay let's move on to ubisoft because uh, which by the way confirmation that it's pronounced ubisoft and not ubisoft uh, even though, like two years ago at E3, they did a whole sketch about how the devs don't even know how it's pronounced. Yeah. But if their new thing is a Ubisoft original instead of an Ubisoft original, it clears it up. It's Ubisoft, which I guess a lot of people were uh, were pointing out to me. I guess it's it's based on ubiquitous entertainment or something originally, whatever. Not i thought it was just there. tom
2: clancy i don't know yeah. no, there was another... well there is a
1: lot of tom clancy <laughs> uh, ubisoft started with a uh, rainbow six extraction which i think is tom clancy spinning in his grave because you know here's a person well, who they
2: are going to get him from his grave did, did you not <laughs> watch right. the trailer no, you're <laughs> right
1: uh you know, here's a person who is you know obsessed with verisimilitude and uh and you know uh, authenticity and uh you know now it's the, the rainbow six team is fighting uh wacky Rams. space aliens you know uh but i
2: think it looks great i'll be honest like the tom clancy branding i I know there it's tied into the rainbow six siege universe like one of those um uh, what are they called not captains but one of those um operators was like taken to hell or something (laughs) so it's got like a narrative hook but I think it looked cool uh, of that style of game. I think it, it's, it's one that strikes me as something that I could see myself playing a lot because it leans on that PVE approach. And I feel like we are now at that time where everybody looks back fondly at Left 4 Dead. And like there was a time when we were getting a lot of those. And yeah. now not only are we getting Left 4 Dead, I mean, Back 4 Blood, uh, but like this kind of seems like that and we're kind of getting that, get people together, go take on a common enemy thing but i thought it looked really good to
0: be fair christian they've been doing zombies in call of duty every year for the last like
2: decade plus but if we're being fair they have not done it every year uh, and i say good day okay well uh, (laughs) yeah to me it seems more like they're
0: saying we have this rainbow six engine we have this rainbow six gameplay that people that love really tight multiplayer like but there's going to just going to be tons of people myself included that it's just not for them uh, why not take this gameplay and apply it to something that might have either a, a different approach or a wider reach. And this seems to be that game, Um, whether or not like it's going to be focused on a narrative or anything like that, or it's going to be more like zombies or left for dead or something like that. We'll have to see more, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it, it definitely, it's like an interesting direction to take rainbow six and we'll see if the audience is into it as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it, the, 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 Zombie esque alien baddies seem to fall in the same categories that you get for every game like this, which a little, was a little bit of a bummer, but uh, it's also not really a game for me. So I don't know why I'm even commenting. Uh, but a again, uh, something that did look for me, in fact, I never do this, but I signed up for the closed beta right as they announced it uh, Rocksmith Plus. And I know Rocksmith has been going strong. I've never really had much experience with it. So I know folks were saying, yeah, I've been doing Rocksmith like crazy. Uh, as after I you know tweeted my praise about it, I got a bunch of people responding saying, you yeah, Rocksmith is awesome. I've never really had much exposure to it. And it's not really a game. It's not exactly Guitar Hero. It's more of a tool to learn. But I have that, you know, I, I play guitar uh, and I'm in- intermediate at best. And I would love to improve my skills at guitar. And it feels like a really cool tool to do that. I was a little bummed when I heard it's a subscription. Uh, not, not just a one-time purchase it uh, thing, but I love how they're talking about integrating with your phone. So your phone can serve as this speaker to listen to the guitar. So you don't have to buy any specialized equipment. You can use any old a car, a guitar, even acoustic guitars. Um, I'm super excited for Rocksmith Plus. I think, you know, not a game, but something I'm excited about. But of course the biggest surprises, C- Christian already mentioned R- Riders Republic. Uh, Anthony, do you have any comments about Riders Republic?
0: Uh, Not really. Uh, I I mean, uh, Ubisoft has been getting into the different types of like roller champions and things like that that incorporate like, you know, non-traditional sports. Yeah. Um, They typically do really well in terms of like making them exciting uh, from like an initial gameplay perspective, but I've never really invested more time in them beyond just like a couple, couple hours. What was the last? Uh, it was like you were skiing and snowboarding, steep, and you could uh, steep, steep, steep. Yeah, yeah. Think, things like that. They're just they're not for me, but I know that they they have clearly have an audience for it because they keep making games like that. It is interesting. Buy-
1: that there was that other Ubisoft game that was uh, cars and boats and airplanes all in one game. You know, it's it's what was that called? Uh,
2: Project something, right? I don't um, remember.
1: Anyway, it's it's interesting that they keep doing that. Where it's like. Not just one. It's not just one thing. It's but it looked really good. It looks. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked really good.
2: Yeah, my what? problem with and God, Pro, It wasn't Project Cars. That's not it. They're making a sequel to that driving thing as well. What's it called? Maybe, oh, <sighs> man, it's hard to think remember. of anything today because it's been like a you know yeah. avalanche of of announcements. My problem with that, and I think Riders Republic too, and I hope to be wrong, but it, it's kind of a master of none uh, scenario of yeah, like true. I don't mean a, an incredible third season that uses a different perspective to tell different stories. Um, it's Netflix master of none. Uh, but like what game it, it's like, it's hard to make a good snowboarding game. It's hard to make a good flying game. It's hard to and right. kind of doing all of that kind of gets a little jumbled. But speaking of that, I mean, I think they just kind of took the approach they took to their game releases because we were seeing a little more focused stuff from microsoft but it's like launches in september for pc ps5 ps4 xbox series xbox one amazon luna and stadia like i love ubisoft they always do games out
1: yeah Yeah. and they're always
2: great like they're um uh, phoenix immortal phoenix rising solid on switch you know like they run the gamut and they're really good ports it's really
1: cool yeah Uh, Of course, two big surprises from Ubisoft Forward 2021. The first was a game I dared not dream of. I, I, I am so excited that this franchise is continuing. Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I didn't have the hope that there would be a sequel to... I was on my top five of the year, the year Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle came out. I adore that game. I think it is so well done uh so much better than it had any right to be putting mario in an XCOM game like this shouldn't work but it's brilliant and it sounds like this one's going even farther uh they spent a good deal of time in the presentation talking about it but uh was kind of still not super clear on all of the newness but i'm just super excited that this franchise is continuing
0: yeah absolutely i i was a big fan uh of it along with you jeff i think you know, ex- getting XCOM games right is sometimes challenging, but not enough developers even try. Um, and, and I think doing something like this, where it was, it's very toned down. It's it's not as punishing, but right. it still like has a lot of clever mechanics in terms of like uh, capturing uh, points or or ext- extracting hostages and doing things like that beyond just like okay. Take out these enemies, and then you're done. Right. Um, but just using the different characters that you know to have different um, abilities, like Luigi is really good at sniping, and and you know this and that. I always really hoped that they would make another one, but they never really said anything beyond it. They didn't say like, "Oh yeah, we we definitely want to continue this." And then they just well, it did leak like an, about a day before
1: it came out. But um, yeah, but I you know I I agree. There was no indication. It felt like a one off. It did not yeah. feel like the beginning of a franchise. And I'm so delighted that it seems to be a franchise now. I, I think that's great. I I have high hopes for this sequel. I think the first one was so, so good.
2: And I think um, it shows Nintendo satisfaction with it as well, right? We're like yeah. and maybe we'll see more of these kind of um we talked about it before last time that maybe Nintendo's gonna share their property more. And you've seen it some with some other games that have come out as well but it's nice to see that continuing. And I'm curious if we'll see more of that at the Nintendo press conference. Cause I like them opening up their IP a little bit to other devs.
1: And I love the, they cut to the, you know, Ubisoft Milan and the Italian guy introducing this. Like, I hope that dude cosplays as Mario cause he's, <laughs> he's already got it working, working. Um, then of course the big mic drop moment, the big one more thing from Eve Guimont at the at the end of Ubisoft Forward 2021. I don't think anybody saw this one coming. A game based on Avatar, Avatar: Frontiers of Pandoria. Avatar, the Nickelodeon show last year No, Airbender? not Last Airbender. No, okay. no, no. The the formerly the once in future highest grossing film of all time. Uh, it. And There's no other film franchise that I think generates more cynicism in people than Avatar. I don't understand it. I unabashedly love that first movie and I'm genuinely thrilled that they're making more, that James Cameron is making more. And I believe in my heart of hearts that those movies are going to be incredible and so much fun because the dude doesn't know how to make a bad movie. But for some reason, everyone hates on Avatar. And so I think when this was the show closer there was an audible sense of uh i don't know uh disdain sure well (laughs) i'm excited for it looks awesome i
0: think think part of it is just avatar to many people feels old you know i know that i know the the three of us you know we kind of keep track of Pop culture news, and we're we're on social media and things, but I don't know how many people know 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 that they're making a, more Avatar movies, and like those are imminent at this point.
1: Well, I um, think I think it might be the opposite. I think people have a general sense that they're making more of them, but they've been delayed so many times that sure. people have almost like Avatar sequel fatigue, where it's like, well, they, they're never coming out. What is the point? Uh, I think that's part of the cynicism: is oh, these games these movies are always going to be delayed, but I think they're always delayed because they're going to be incredible.
0: Sure. Yeah. I I guess the movie it's I'm with you, Jeff. I like the movie a lot and I think I'm, I'm excited to see more of what, you know, James Cameron can do with better technology and things like that. But I don't know from a game perspective, I don't know what avatar can offer me that I don't already get from other games. Some of which Ubisoft already makes, um, you know, like that world exists, better in movie format to me. Um, I'm intrigued by it. It definitely seems weird to me that the showstopper wouldn't be something from the, you know, the Ubisoft bread and butter like franchises. There was that rumor that there's a new division game in the works and we didn't even see or hear anything about that Um, or just close with like a big um, presentation about like Far Cry six. But it seems like they've already done that.
1: Oh, Um, man, I feel like I've seen so much Far Cry six at this point yeah, I don't need more Far Cry 6 hype. You know, the game's almost out. Sure. It is true, though, that Ubisoft, I think more than any other publisher, seems to have these games that they make a big deal of at E3 and then you just never hear of again. You know, the Skull and Bones of the World, Beyond Good and Evil 2, of course. Uh, There's like three or four others that I remember somebody was listing off that Ubisoft has announced and then just Ne- they never spoke of again. Yeah. So it's always very interesting uh, when when they make a big deal out of a game, you're like, I'm not even sure that's going to be ever released. Yeah. But I feel like this one, I mean, the, the engine looked gorgeous and it, it is interesting also, Christian, that we make fun of Ubisoft at, at making the same game over and over and over again as far as a big open world third person action game. And there wasn't a single big open world third person action game to be seen at their press conference. Sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. A Avatar big open did world did, first far, person. Far Cry. Far Cry but, yeah, is that.
1: Yeah, first person, but yeah, not third person.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Whereas yeah, last af- year, they had three that came out in the same calendar year, right? Yes, or, like the yeah. same
2: month it felt like. Yeah, um, yeah. Avatar is super interesting. I think it will probably hit its target window because the film seemed to be hitting that 2022 target window. Um, I'm a little bummed about first person. I kind of wish this was third person. Um, I... I tend to prefer that style of game i think it'd be fun to see my my navi running around and you know that customization or whatever that world is i'm very curious where the film franchise goes and because i don't have an answer to that i'm not sure about this game it's it's you know frontiers of pandora so i guess like on the outskirts or whatever but it what this sets up tonally this trailer for this game is like you're a, a, a navi kind of exploring this beautiful world and then it's like humans are like die <laughs> well, know, the first movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah it's the first movie they're trying to get unobtainium which is part of the reason why people roll their eyes at the first avatar because of things called like unobtainium um but it, it, i just don't i don't get you're going up against the you know military might trying to blow them up again first movie, i'm, I'm very curious about the plot of this game and what you're kind of doing in it. Are you climbing towers in your own planet to then unlock them to, you know, that kind of that Ubisoft traditional style thing, or are you setting your little, I forget the, the, the winged beasts. you know, are you getting creatures to go attack their bases? Is it a little more stealthy? Um, I don't know how they take down the entire military complex of humanity trying to take over their planet. I'm very, very curious because the world, the lore, the narrative of avatar can really go places. And what they showed looked like a first person. It looked like far cry primal. Um, sure. Kind of yeah, yeah. Game. And I don't know if that's the avatar fantasy I want. But I hope I hope I do. But we also have plenty of time still.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, not going to be based on the subsequent movies. Uh, evidently, it's an original story. They were clear about that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this does. If this adds to the lore of of that franchise, if people care, um, or if we even ever see it again, <laughs> because you know, Microsoft not not too great on putting out stuff that they <laughs> they tell us they're going to. Um, let me thank our second sponsor, which is Ritual. Ritual, of course, makes a multivitamin, and uh, if you're like me, you want to know what you're putting in your body and why, Uh, especially when it comes to something you take every single day. And that's why I use Ritual. My wife has been using Ritual for many, many months, over a year, I guess now. Uh, And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. And it doesn't have A lot of the other stuff you probably don't want to put in your body, like sugars and GMOs and major allergens and synthetic fillers and artificial colorants. And it's also got a fresh taste and delayed release capsule design that makes taking your vitamins easy. My wife's favorite thing about Ritual, of course, is you can take it on an empty stomach. You don't have to time it with food. It's so much more convenient to be able to take your multivitamin whenever you remember to do it and not have to time it with eating, because sometimes you're working, especially working from home, you don't eat the same time and you're, oh, oh gosh, I forgot to take my vitamin. You don't have to worry about that with ritual. It's designed to not disrupt sensitive stomachs. My wife has a sensitive stomach and she does not want to feel queasy or ill at ease just by taking her her multivitamin. And so that's why she uses ritual. Uh, And ritual is made traceable. Uh, this is something they've trademarked because you always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to their one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. They tell you where they're getting the stuff you're putting in your body, which is, I think, admirable and useful to you as the person who's putting it in your body. And there are now three different versions of ritual designed for different life stages. Uh, There's a, a women, men, and teens ritual multivitamin. And they're scientifically developed to help support different stages of life. Plus, because you're subscribed, it makes keeping your healthy habit easy. It's delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. And you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So there's really no downside in giving it a shot. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off during your first three months Visit ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. That's ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L.com slash DLC for 10% off your first three months. Ritual.com slash DLC. All right, guys, let's uh, let's hit on quickly the uh, the PC game show, which is always a, a bit of a sprawling mess as far as I'm concerned. And, and this year... Uh, I think similarly, but a whole bunch of things were announced. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to go through all of it. I mean, it's all over the place as far as indie games and AAA. It, 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 you know, it's a big, jam packed uh, show. And I love PC. I don't want to give it short shrift, but there's so much to talk about and uh, in so many categories. Maybe we can just cherry pick some of our favorites, uh, and, and move on because there's still, still another big show we need to talk about. Um, I don't know if you guys have specific things from the show. I can start. Uh, I would say some of my favorite, uh, of course, Silt looks amazing, which is that deep sea diving game. It's all monochrome and cool looking. It looks like inside uh, very cool extended trailer for Silt. Uh, there's also uh, what is the game that uh, basically looks like Heroes of Might and Magic, but done with pixel art. Um, oh, where did that game go? What is it called? I don't uh, know. So, oh, Songs of Conquest. Songs of Conquest. Uh, really cool looking. I love Heroes of Might and Magic games, and uh, anytime you have you know hex-based, turn-based battles um, with you know, an over map. Uh, I'm into it. Uh, this game is coming out in 2022 songs of conquest. Uh, but it's got this really attractive pixel art style. Um, I, I, i like, this is my jam. Um, do you guys have any PC game show picks? Um,
0: Anthony? the one that, the one that stood out to me, uh, I think it's called sacrifier. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a, they were saying that we wanted to make, uh, a, a JRPG that is in the style of JRPGs, but it kind of trims out a lot of the things that maybe people don't like about JRPGs. So one of the big things they said was you won't need to grind, you know, you can complete it in X amount of time and we anticipate it'll only take that long. Um, which to me, one of the biggest turns off or turn offs about JRPGs is just the amount of investment you sometimes have to make to get to the, final boss or to get past certain areas. And it seems like they're very aware of that. Um, It has, you know, more of a, like a classic JRPG look. It's, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Octopath Traveler. Yeah. It's kind of got that,
1: that look to that. Yeah. That um, uh, tilt tilt shift. shift. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But that, that was the one that stood out the most to me um, in terms of like, okay, that's, I'm really interested in this. I think it it has a Kickstarter and you can back it.
1: I think. Hmm. Sacrifier, Sacrifier. Uh, did you see uh did you see mecha jammer uh anthony yeah, it looks like it might be your jam it's kind of a um, cyberpunky rpg but done with this uh 2.5 d kind of uh visual style it looks really interesting
0: i'm not sure i'm not sure if i saw it a lot of the pc gaming stuff i watched like after the fact yeah um because we were still kind of like trying to digest every <laughs> everything that had <laughs> happened in the day but sure you uh, should yeah, check I, it out you probably it's did called- yeah
1: mecha jammer uh the trailer is really cool looking and it looks like it's got big sprawling uh role playing game but done in this really kind of interesting art style you know it's got motorcycles and cars and stuff but also hacking and you know anything you would want from a cyberpunky kind of themed game but done uh, more of an indie aesthetic to it um did Christian, did you have any PC game picks?
2: I'll say, would you guess that it's They Always Run, which is just like another <laughs> yeah. game right up my alley. But what I liked about it um, versus um, Replaced is that They Always Run looked a little slower and a little more um, ironically. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> right. Well, they run from you. You don't run <laughs> them. You're a three armed, uh, you know, cyborg warrior or whatever. And yeah. so it it kind of gave me, um, oh man. Yeah, it is my brain is mushed today. There was the it was a Game Pass game this year. Uh I'm not gonna be able to get it. am is it carrion? Is no, but that oh. also that's another one. There's so many, but they always run, look really cool. Again, um, and I know I'm I'm being flippant when I say this and I don't mean it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Apparently making games is easy and making beautiful pixel art is the simplest thing in the world. Because if me watching these presentations <laughs> tells me anything it's that anyone can do it
1: and it's so so many games look so good it's like you're not wrong dude i mean it just feels like there's just so much you know yes it's so much that looks awesome so much that feels like you could deep dive into that for years at a time and and you know it's there's 15 of those it's crazy
2: I said at the end of Microsoft's press conference when they did Halo in the middle, what Microsoft needed to close things out with was announcing more free time for all of us. Like yeah, Microsoft's no like, and we're giving you all a 25th, 26th, and 27th hour in the day. And I'd be like, <laughs> 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 yeah. so many. It, and the PC game conference, again, like I think there are tons of games to go through and, and look at. But as like a show, it gets better every year, but it does feel like. I don't know what's happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there there was a last week or the week before, there was a hashtag going around on Twitter. And I can't remember how what it exactly was. Forgive me, but it was something like pitch your game or pimp your game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I spent maybe an hour just scrolling through the list of people that used that hashtag, and all of them were attaching you know, animated gifts of their game, i I could not believe it. it w- it was easily fifty games that I'd never heard of before. I would say two dozen of which looked like something I would want to play and would love. and i I kept taking notes of these games, but I was like, this is on top of the hundreds of games I know about it being in development. Here's a bunch of games that are indie games that are under the radar that people are using a hashtag to get Mm -hmm. the word out on. That I, as somebody that covers video games for a living, that looks at this stuff, had never heard of any of this stuff. And yet it it all looks awesome. It it just – I don't know how anybody makes any money in making indie games. It seems so daunting to me.
2: Yeah, again – I I do realize that making games is is hard, but it does seem like that's the easy part. You know, the hard part is like (laughs) selling it. it, Yeah. Selling it, getting in front of enough people. You see these teams like this was made by four people and you're like, how?
1: Yeah. It's the most
2: amazing thing I've ever seen.
1: The tools, the tools have never been more accessible or, Intuitive, and it's I mean, it's well, a testament. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. What people see.
2: don't know is that 256 people make this podcast. So I don't know how. Like <laughs> yeah. you have a puppet controlling Anthony right now. Like it's all you know very the expensive. rigging work.
1: <laughs> very very expensive. Very expensive. Uh, all right. So there is again. We went in sort of wacky wonky order. Uh, but the first thing that happened this week was the summer of games.
2: It's the summer of games. You're gonna get hyped up then the news will live up
1: your expectations Oh, Christian uh, uh, You I, texted that, me
2: Yeah, go ahead
1: <laughs> You texted me uh, During, after, both uh, Of the Summer Games Fest Kickoff extravaganza The two-hour, non-stop Jeff Keeley extravaganza That is the Summer of Games Fest uh, You texted me um never has our <laughs> bumper been more appropriate he <laughs> said uh that you felt the way that you do in the end of that bumper that you felt like you had been hyped up and the games don't live up to your expectations less the accurate? games
2: and more the presentation again yeah. i'm sure there are some great games I, I i really respect what jeff is doing Uh, he is pushing the industry forward in a lot of ways when other people were sitting on their hands and stuck in the old ways. I really, really appreciate what he's doing. In my opinion, this show was a snore fest. Some great games. I mean, we'll talk about Elden Ring. Like that trailer is maybe one of the best trailers of recent memory, in my opinion. But as a show, it was two hours. It was self-congratulatory in odd ways. It was some of those interviews seemed pre-recorded like talking to a a tv it just that there was no reason in my opinion other than i think i might have texted this to anthony to live react to it or to basically do the youtube equivalent of typing first uh on a youtube video there was no reason in my opinion to watch that show and not just watch the trailers that were posted minutes after they were shown there it was a absolute drag just a real bummer and I'm so glad Microsoft's in my opinion was great because I don't like Weezer I guess
1: Christian you like (laughs) I,
2: I love Weezer and I I love the the design on the album art that was done for it but that was not Weezer's
1: best show my friend it was there is something cool about a live musical performance surrounded by video game graphics I'm into that Mm-hmm. But I also, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just supposed to be a celebration of video games. And so music is part of that. And
2: But then it's pacing and rhythm. Know. And like, I love uh, talking to Kojima, but like that felt it's like, was that a joke? Like, we know that they're best buddies and he fawns over him. So we're going to do this. It just seemed, again, odd and not the right place for it. And it didn't really, there was no information from it other than like, I mean, you made Death Stranding before we all live that world. Yes.
0: What? The yeah. It it was bad. I mean, Death Stranding bad. specifically, uh, I tweeted this out, but if you're going to give all that money to Kojima and he's going to make a game like that, why is that not the director's cut?
1: No, it, it, it completely invalidates the term director's cut, <laughs> to use the term director's cut. It, it's like a, he
0: loves movies so much he just wanted to yes, have a game that says director's cut.
1: It, it is, it, 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 it completely turns the... the makes the term nonsensical because when i turn on death stranding i see kojima studios yeah, presents right? a kojima production written and directed by hideo kojima <laughs> there is there's nothing that's more a director's cut than his original version of that game. No one had oversight. No one forced him to make changes. That there was is no Konami logo. Yeah, there's it was. No, it is a Kojima, yeah. Kojima, Kojima, Kojima. And to then to say, oh, this is the director's cut. It either, it's, it, it's either the most pretentious thing of all time or b- betrays a misunderstanding <laughs> of what the term is supposed to indicate, you know? Maybe it
2: meant the, PS5 graphics. Like the, he couldn't put PS5 graphics in it and now the the non-director's cut of death stranding plays like metal gear solid the
0: director's cut is like <laughs> you're delivering boxes that's what i wanted to do and everyone's like oh
1: yeah that's it, what it,
0: it does feel like he just he loves movies so much he is so much a fan of cinema he wants to that make movies like, and not yeah. video
1: games it's it's so obvious
0: but, but yeah, what a just what
1: a weird thing. I mean, you know, and I like De- Death Stranding. I'm not I'm not slagging the game. I'm just slagging the idea that you you can't call it a director's cut if the first one was exactly what you wanted to make. Like, yeah, no one forced you to make. There was no producer cut of De- Death Stranding. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's insane. It's insane. Until but, I get the uh, Snyder
2: cut of it, I am not going to shut up about yeah, it. I need, right. I need to finish also, that that,
1: yeah. that that trailer of him figuring out how to use a box. Is so far up its own patoot, yeah, that I can't, you know, it's so far up. It. That whole thing was just like, yeah, very, it
0: was Kojima, it was very yes. Kojima,
1: yes, but he's also, his own biggest fan.
2: It, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it grounded an, an otherwise two hour show to a, a further halt. And I, and I feel like and I'm not trying to move away from Destiny Director's Cut, but I feel like that, that kept happening here so. Sure. I'm going to try to move away from commenting on the show and talk about maybe some of the games shown. But another example of that was uh tiny Tina's wonderlands, which, you know, kind of got leaked out, could be really cool. But again, it was a very odd presentation without showing us what the game was. And then well,
1: that's because gearbox had its own thing.
2: I to, know. But know. then, but then spending time to bring in a wonderful uh, actor and, you know, voice talent for the game and have her out there on stage but then also not share any more information. And it just, it just felt like,
1: why, why are we doing
2: this? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I'll stop. I mean, I I'll think Tiny is Wonderland
1: seems like a, a cool idea. I love the idea of yeah, like no, uh, Borderlands for. crossed with Dungeons and Dragons. Sounds kind of ne- neat. When we know? talked about
0: guns and powers in your hands, yes. well, that's <laughs> that's that's another example. Um, you know, you figure they put so much money into the Borderlands Three engine, you got to get a little more mileage out of it before you <laughs> actually make a next gen or current gen yeah.
2: engine for whatever's next. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. High fantasy Borderlands sounds cool to me. Like dragons and you know, trolls or whatever that kind of stuff would be. I feel like that world has already played with really big fun monsters in Borderlands games. And I think doing that in a in a high fantasy setting. And I'm also excited to see hopefully the humor take that on. It's been so focused on this Mad Max style world for so long now, with what, four or five? Three numbered one prequel, is that right? In Borderlands. I'm curious to see what a new setting brings out for that, the humor in that team. Um, I think it could yeah. be really
1: fun. Yeah, I, I actually think that game could be really cool. Um, and there's, like I said, two hours of show, so much that we could dig into here. I welcome you guys plucking out uh, the top, your top picks, because I don't think we could step through all of it in the time we have. But I will say, not only my favorite thing from the summer of games, uh, presentation, but m- probably in my top five things at E3 overall so far is metal slug tactics. Okay. Oh man. You know, I love Advance wars and I loved metal slug back in the day. I mean, I wasn't terrible at it, but it ate my quarters pretty hard at the, you know, at the <laughs> arcade. And, um, the idea of taking that, franchise and making an advance wars game out of it it's inspired it's it's totally genius and i can't wait for this game it looks so cool i love seeing metal slug in this three quarter perspective instead of full 2d side scroller um and i just i love tactics games i love advance wars i just I, nobody's making an advance wars so yeah make it with the metal slug franchise i yeah. love it
2: i sure. want that cartoon like I loved the trailer. Like I'm the opposite yeah. of you. I'll take another metal slug. Like that's more my genre, but I like that they're expanding the universe and doing cool stuff with it. And I thought aesthetically it looked, it looked really, really cool. And I love that. It seems to be getting a budget, you know, like again, yeah. that trailer, the cartoon, the the gameplay itself. And I'm hopefully if this does well, we'll get to see more stuff with that IP. Cause it is one that was stalwart for so long. Right. And it's kind of fallen by the wayside, getting some re-releases here and there but I think it's a really fun franchise.
1: Anthony, do you have anything else to pluck out? I mean, it was loaded down with all kinds of different kinds of announcements and musical guests and all this stuff. Some stuff was just release date announcements. Some stuff was full world premieres. Some stuff was... You know, added DLCs to things. It, it, it yeah. really was all over the place as I mean, a show.
0: There's obviously one thing I'd like to talk about, but we yeah, can we'll like get to save that. it. We'll get um, to that. I, salt and Sacrifice, I was really surprised by. I didn't think uh, – I really like Salt and Sanctuary, which was basically yeah. like a um, side-scrolling Souls game. Um, the fact that they're making another one of those, I'm I'm really excited for. They said that it it adds co op, which sounds really amazing. Um, I like the dark pictures games. I don't know how many people like those games. Um, the Until Dawn developers, yeah, um, making those games, so I'm into that. But they had already announced that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I I felt similar to Christian. Like a lot of what I saw was either stuff I had known about or or stuff that isn't really my jam. Um, but when I told her, I told Christian, I said, it doesn't matter if this is there and then
2: this was there. And I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> you just needed someone to put a ring on it, is what you're saying. Pretty much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Christian, before we get to Elden Ring?
2: No. <laughs>
1: you really did <laughs> not care for the that presentation. Yeah.
0: I'd, I'd be curious to know how this show exists with a full-on E3. Like, is Summer Game Fest more or less the uh you know instead of getting the press release dump at the first day of E3 we get the summer game fest and people yeah. get to actually see the games or does it replace like the show floor presentations from GameSpot and IGN you know like what how does this exist when we are able to go play these games and see them hands on instead of just show be shown trailers
1: yeah yeah, I thought the Tribes of Midgard trailer looked kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Evil Dead, I guess. I don't know. There wasn't a lot. That's another to,
2: PVE, right? That's a, yeah. Left for Dead yeah. is a thing. Evil Dead felt very um, uh, Friday the 13th to me and kind right. of what it was. This is the, my daughters watched this entire press conference with me. It's the first time they've watched a, a whole thing. Um, and my kids are just because they and, were
1: super stoked on Elden Ring. They just kept waiting for that Elden Ring. They game, were sorry. hyped for that. They're 6 yeah. and
2: 8, so judge me as a parent as you will. Um, my oldest was like, uh, these are very there's a lot of gory games this year, Dad. Are they all like that? And I'm like, well, Nintendo will be doing theirs, you know, there's some non-ones and we pointed out the non-ones. And my youngest ring, the Evil Dead trailer, she goes, I like this one.
1: <laughs> and I was like, Oh no. <laughs> Amazing. Uh all right. So Elden Ring, of course, was the game to end the show. Uh keely could barely contain himself
0: yes it's finally
1: here you know he's like he's making them making them ringing that bell as as best he can uh it sounds to me like anthony you are you are a big fan of what you saw
0: uh oh I, yes a little bit uh no i mean i'm definitely really <laughs> into the souls games many yes. of them have made it on my my top fives uh, on this show some of them have been my number one spot um i think Elden Ring is going to be another one of those games that I really enjoy. I have quite a few reservations about it, but just like upfront, cool bosses, new riffs on gameplay in terms of like open world, being able to summon a a horse and ride around, which which suggests larger areas to explore. um, Interesting lore, interesting characters that I want to know more about but yeah, you figure i figure the
1: lore is uh highly influenced by J.R. R. Tolkien <laughs> george rr R. martin <laughs> correct yeah but uh, i i will say that um the the george R.
0: R. martin thing i'm still unsure what he adds um yeah probably his you name not see his name yeah <laughs> yes but like i mean so much of what elden ring delivered felt very from software like you can Tarnished equals ashen one equals whatever you know, like so much of that is just like, oh yeah, that's they do these things what did what did George R. R. martin do? um I would have liked to see more of like an indication of like oh he there's a there's cinematics and he wrote those or he wrote yeah. all the lore tabs or whatever um I'm
1: guessing he had sort of more macro level influence yeah. on you know I, I doubt he was sitting down and writing uh you know the. Yeah, Wiki. Wiki yeah. For the game. I just would
0: be curious to know, like, what that's something you would normally get during like a E3 presence. Is they would presumably b- fly him down there, and of course, he's got plenty right. of free time. He would be in every presentation. Sure,
1: sure. Nothing else to do.
0: <laughs> and we would get more a sense of like, here's what he did. Um, then, and the other thing that I'm sort of disappointed by. I know I may get a little bit of hate for it, but we got Demon Souls, and Demon Souls looks so good. And Demon's Souls, compared to this game, this game looks
1: more dated. Totally. Um, I, I I totally agree. I mean, you might get hate. I'll go farther. So I'll defer that hate to me. It doesn't look great. It does not
0: look great. Um,
1: and Demon uh, maybe Souls is gorgeous yeah. on PS5.
0: You know, maybe it's a byproduct of the open world. Maybe it's a byproduct of this game has just been in development for so long that yeah. it just you know, the consoles got ahead of them. Um, I still think it will look very impressive and from software has a an art team that is second to none in my opinion and when they design bosses they I mean there's a dragon that literally wields lightning um you know they they do things that very few developers are capable of doing or at least have shown they're capable of doing um and I'm I'm all I'm all in on it uh I do you know like it's initial nitpicking more than it is like I'm not going to play this game but I was sort of surprised because that was one of the things we saw. There was a leaked trailer, and we saw it, and it was like, oh, this looks a lot like Dark Souls. You could have called this game Dark Souls 4, and I don't think a single person would have bat an eye. Right. I don't think yeah. a single person would have looked at this trailer and said, oh, that doesn't seem like a Dark Souls game. Right. Um, but calling it, calling it Elden Ring suggests more things are going on, and they have given hints about that with like more co-op um, diversity and then the open world stuff. So... I'm into it. It'll probably be my favorite game of next year. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> I, I thought it was a very effective trailer. And I think while we, yes, they didn't answer what George is doing, you know, is influence necessarily is, but I think we got to see a variety of landscapes and color palettes which isn't always the case uh and from software games sure. where we got to see the dungeon and demons and then there were brighter vistas out and a, dare i say the sun was out on a grassy field for a moment praise uh, the sun. Reg- yeah what, re- what do you mean praise the sun the sun's always out <laughs> <laughs> a regular looking castle then the gothic more bloodborne style looking castle we got to see dare i say a standard looking dragon and then there was that one thing where it's like mouth open to more mouths or whatever, you know? So like that stuff excites me, like the variety of the beasts and the enemies that you'll be kind of encountering. Um, hopefully, excuse me, more variety in the weapon types and stuff like that. We got to see a little bit of that, but I think in terms of a, a game that's been hyped for so long now, seeing a lot of these things, uh, Reassuring people, comforting people, <laughs> you know, I think, I think is, is, is telling. So I thought as a trailer, it was really, really effective in answering those questions. Visually, I agree with you both. And I, I, I think it wasn't the showstopper, uh, visually the way it could have been. But I, I, my guess, just a guess, I do think part of that is its production timeline. Cause the first time they showed a snippet of it was at four years ago. I honestly don't remember it, it
0: was close to yeah it, it had been something like three years i think since they had
2: even mentioned it and that that first time they showed it it was like this looks amazing and now i've seen unreal 5 <laughs> yeah i mean you now know? you've seen demon souls, demon basically, souls you know yeah, you've
0: seen PS5. you know yeah. like i understand that those are two separate games in terms of like the demon souls uses a nexus and a hub that you go to but I mean, the power of the PlayStation Five and the SSD allows you to to seamlessly go th- to places like in a Souls game, and it looks great.
2: So, but this isn't did did, and I might have missed this. Is this this isn't next gen? Is it only? Uh, it, it's on both. It's, it's on both. it's cross gen. Yeah, it's cross as, gen as
1: everything is. It seems yeah, uh, right a lot now. A
2: um, Yeah. Yeah, I I imagine it's going to be a banger. I I truly do. And I think the trailer was effective in hyping people up that like these games. I don't think it's going to bring in tons of new people to the the franchise, to that genre per se, but it looks to be doing what they do in a bigger and uh, more interesting way in terms of expanding that gameplay type.
1: All right, so wrapping this up, obviously we're not all the way through E3. We're only, you know, halfway, if that. But we saw a ton of stuff. What are your top two or three? If you could, if you could take home one game right now, Anthony, mm-hmm. what game would that be? Uh, well,
0: we didn't talk about it. I'm fighting back and forth. It would actually be between Guardians
1: and Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. I, did, I forgot to even mention Guardians of the Galaxy. I um, forgot about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I we didn't even talk about the Square Enix. <laughs> there's too many games. <laughs> yeah, really? I, I totally I forgot Square I,
0: Enix. Yeah, I didn't want to derail you. No, in the please, middle of your podcast. But
1: no, I, <laughs> uh, I I wish I had uh, recalled. I didn't put, even put in the notes. There's too many things, guys. Um, yeah. I thought. the right, galaxy looks great. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm really excited about it. It it's one of my favorite comic properties, even before the movies. Um, and I was super excited to see like the movies do it justice. Um, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of criticism about. Kind of similar to Marvel's Avengers, like these don't look like the movie characters, or these don't look like the actors.
1: But well, I, maybe maybe it's it's that they look too much like the movie characters to not be sure. You know, I, I, I I guess I, was, yeah. I coined a, a, a turn the uncomic valley because it's it it's it's like they didn't make the decision to go away from the movies. But they didn't. They don't have the movie license, so they can't be the movies. So they're in this yeah. weird in between place where it's kind I, of influenced by the comics, sure. kind of influenced by the movies, but neither is a like a distinct choice.
0: I guess that to me, uh, still actively reading the Guardians comics, they do look like those comics characters yes. to me. Yes, but um, I think the Star Lord mask is a little, or his helmet is a little weird. It looks like he's like hypnotized. The eyes are. I don't. I'm digging his haircut weird. though. Sure. Um, but yeah, as as like a fan of it and my favorite character being Star-Lord, I can empathize with other people where they're like, you play Star-Lord and then you just give commands to everybody else. Somebody who likes, you know, Groot or Gamora or Drax is yeah. like, well, what? Uh, OK, but I, very, it's-
1: very surprising that that seems to be the case, that it is not a hop into any character. But maybe that will be something they reveal later is that. Is it going to be full Mass Effect where you can either assign the things or hop around?
0: Yeah, I, I feel like they would have shown that already. It's yeah. it's coming out this year, but maybe you know it could be a surprise. Um, but coming off of Avengers, where I liked the single player stuff and everything else around it, like Endgame loot based stuff, this game being focused more towards no, you know, no microtransactions. All the skins are are earnable in game. That just seems like, OK, that they they learned the lesson from one game and started working on another game. Or maybe yeah. they were like, you know, tangentially influenced by one another. But it's definitely extremely up my alley. I think Elden Ring and Guardians were our two games that I am, you know, Zelda is Tuesday. Zelda probably is going to trump all of this, but we're, we're <laughs> pretending for so Zelda far. Yeah. We're pretending Zelda doesn't exist. Elden Ring and Guardians are the two games that I would like to play
1: immediately. I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm glad we brought up uh, guardians. I would have kicked myself if I didn't remember. I, Cause I, I really excited. It's, it's the game that I wanted the Avengers game to be. Uh, and I think could have been great as a full single player experience where you play a team of people. I like, it seems to be written with wonderful humor and style. Uh, I liked that They showed a ton of it, you know, yeah. I love, we've talked about this a lot, Christian on the show over the years We both love the, you know, Beyonce drops of, Hey, we've never mentioned this game before, but not only are we announcing it, but it's coming out in four months, which is what they did. Square Enix doesn't really do that. And they did it this time. And I, I love it. Like, yes, show tons of it. It's ready to go. It's out in October. Boom. Uh, So I give them a lot of credit for that. And I, I, I think the game looks awesome. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But I don't think Christian agrees.
2: I'm excited that it's a single-player. It seems to be a narrative-based <laughs> game. What they showed of the combat, I'm hesitant. I want to love it. I want to love it. I think it was maybe two weeks ago or maybe last week, three weeks ago. I, I think it's hard to do really good melee and ranged combat together in a game. Uh, Devil May Cry does it really well. A lot of games don't, and they do one or yeah. the other. And I'm curious if this is... Um, you know, Tomb Raider, but you're Star Lord. And so it's pretty much going to be guns a blazing, cover shooting kind of style, like a uh, uncharted style game. And you're Star Lord and you just have this group around you, or if they're from what they showed of the combat, it looks like they're trying to have you go in and do some more juggling and, and combos. And that to me is where I kind of cross my arms and, <laughs> and leaned back a little bit. Like the tone, the style, the art direction is very comic book um, accurate from these most recent runs. I, I think I, – I wish they would have gone a little more full comic book and broken away from the movie Guardians and incorporated some of the other characters a little more prominently, but I, I get why you don't do that. It really is just the combat that I'm hesitant about versus when I see Rocksteady games, I'm like, okay, I know, I know what I'm yeah. going to be doing. They and here did, I'm just not so sure.
0: They did say that you – We'll potentially be recruiting other Guardians you might recognize. So it seemed yeah. like they were like, let's prepare a presentation where we have a good inroad of, look, you know the Guardians. Okay, these are our versions of the Guardians and before getting a little too comic booky, But yes, I agree with you. I think for your average person who tuned into this Square Enix presentation, you saw a lot of it on Twitter. They were not happy because they wanted Final Fantasy stuff and they did not deliver right. the Final Fantasy stuff. Um, and what they did deliver in Final Fantasy was a little chaos. Was a it's little, a, yeah, that was a know, oof
2: chaos. If, you, if you're oof. on the video stream, or if you go back while it's up, like there, there's combat right now. It's on this trailer, and it's like four to five minutes in. I just don't know. It's sure. like run and gun, but in an open arena, and and I don't. I'm I'm hesitant. I hope it's great. I like the studio. Looks like I Mass like Mass Effect games to me. Day. A I mean Christian, for I combat. will make you
0: I will make you a bet here on this podcast. You will play more of that game than you will Elden Ring.
2: I mean, I'll accept that bet because that's one I can for sure win. You know, like it's easily because <laughs> you got to beat bosses to advance. No, you didn't say advance. You said more of. I can keep grinding out. Oh, you can't watch. just play
0: the same parts. <laughs> well, have you not <laughs> seen me
2: play? Have you not seen me play Returnal? That's all I do. <laughs> have
0: I seen you play No Man's Sky? Please leave your planet. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, Kirsten, same question to you. Uh, you know, I'm going to take Starfield off the table because we—I don't even consider it. Uh, you know, a reveal of a game, you know, we knew it existed. We also, we still know it exists. Now we have a release date. We, we don't know. I don't feel like that game qualifies, but of stuff that we kind of have seen, what would be your, I want to take it home one or two games?
2: if redfall counts redfall because i'm i I love the world and the tone and what that looks like again power shooting i love that studio uh and and what arcane can do i think is incredible the creativity and level design and, and stuff that comes out of out of that uh studio group is incredible so i'm very excited for that games that we've seen kind of enough of it's uh, forza horizon and halo that halo multiplayer looked incredible and they talked about afterwards kind of the their version of a lab to get you trained up to get good uh to catch folks up on how to play multiplayer competitively i'm very excited for both of those and then the other one i would add into that would be replaced which is they yeah. could just call it we made this for you christian and i'd be like thank you
1: <laughs> yeah no i'm definitely more excited about a lot of the indies that were shown than i am even the the bigger stuff um you know i think 12 minutes and uh um replaced and uh, somerville I, you know th- those those games look like really really compelling um for me the, i think the 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 one if i had could only pick one to take home and you know starfield is off the table uh mario plus rabbit sparks of hope i want to play that i want to play that avatar game. Not Avatar? Not Avatar. I mean, I don't know what that... Again, I don't know what that game is. So, I, you know, I, I'm applying the same rules that we used to do for our E3 game of show, where it's like, if it's just a cinematic trailer, that's not going to be game of show. I need to know what the game is. I need to ha- watch someone play it, uh, which is what we used to say, but, you know, not really applicable in the digital age anymore, as we Got are it, not yeah. in a person in a, in a room or with with a, watching someone hold a controller. But I saw gameplay of Sparks of Hope. I know how that game is going to look and play uh, for the most part. Uh, that, and uh, I am shocked at how much I'm excited for Forza Horizon 5. Shocked. It looks so uh, good. And I it have Game so Pass, good. right? So it's not a game I would have bought, I don't think. But I've got Game Pass. I'm going to download it. And I'm probably going to play more of it than I would expect. It yeah. looks so beautiful, it looks like a showpiece. For the series X, you know, it looks, looks awesome. So
2: I think it can be a great, what I've been calling a golf game also. We're like, we could be playing that right now.
1: The right. Four of us
2: could be playing it.
1: Chatting just, and playing.
2: Yeah. That's how I awesome. used to
1: play uh, Burnout Paradise. Did you, you know, just we just, say the four of us? Three of us.
2: <laughs> Christian's
1: got <laughs> I, Christian's got a head, mouse in his pocket.
2: In my head, it's still four players split screen. That's really funny. Yeah, the four <laughs> of us, we could be playing it split screen, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, and then, and then middle slug tactics is my, is, 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 I'm just, I'm super excited for middle slug tactics. Uh, all right. Well, we're already long, but I, I, we can't go this week without, you know, one of the things every single year at E3 is I go to E3 all day long. i am seeing all these amazing, cool things. And all I want to do is come home and play something new and cool and amazing. And sometimes that can happen. But all too often, there isn't anything like that. You just feel like, ah, E3 made me just feel like I have nothing cool to play right now. Well, not the case this year at all, because all three of us have been playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on our PlayStation 5s. And um, boy, is it good. Anthony, uh, what's your experience with Rift Apart?
0: Um, love it. Uh, I think yeah. top to bottom, it is very impressive. Um, it's, I mean, it's the game to beat in terms of visuals, not just on PlayStation. I think it, it is just out and out the game to beat. Um, no game that I've experienced looks better than this game. Um, it, it is still a Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, you know, it has a lot of the DNA of Ratchet and Clank in it. Yeah. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel, but, I love the way that Ratchet and Clank encourages you to experiment with weapons through the little level up system where, you know, every weapon has five levels of progression. And if you hit level five, it kind of takes on a new identity, has different attacks. Um, And just using the different weapons is also encouraged by the fact that the visuals are so impressive in what they do. The dual sense in, in some cases gives you like a different feel. It's not, Terribly like, you know, revolutionary. Most of it is similar to Returnal in that you, you know, a half trigger pull will do like uh, there's a shotgun where you can fire one barrel versus two or half trigger pull shows you the arc of your grenade. Um, But it's just such a fun, just explodey monster robot pirate experience with tons of humor, fun characters. Uh, Rivet is basically alternate dimension ratchet. Uh, and you kind of jump between two storylines and you, and you meet new characters and, and they become just as endearing as Ratchet and Clank are. Um, the kind of different planets you go to, which make up the levels all have fun gimmicks or personalities going on. And they're all super gorgeous. They're much bigger than you would anticipate. They have some really like impressive scope and scale to, The levels, the boss fights, I like the way that the enemies show damage in a lot of cool cool ways. Um, There's just so much about the game that, you know, it speaks to what you are going to basically take for granted in like two to three years. Um, But right now, you you (laughs) know, we're looking at it's like, man, this boss, it's like little pieces are falling off. And that typically, you know, it feels like you're doing it more than it's like just kind of uh pre-rendered or, or something like that or um you know i can just do this and i can uh explore this area at will on a dragon that seems and zero
1: loading of any kind zero loading. Uh, just you're instantly you fly to another planet and it just cuts to a new scene on the new planet and it ah it's just it's it like oh yes this is what it has should have always been like this is what the dream yeah. was was just like a movie it cuts to the new scene there's no black screen with a little loading in the bottom right, you know, it, it's, uh, but yeah, it, what a fun, fun game. And the Ratchet and Clank games have always been fun. This one fun. The weapons are fun. The movement, the traversal, it adds all these new fun traversal types and you're going at like breakneck speeds all the time. Uh, Christian, I will. I will mention the uh, long text thread that we had going back and forth. Uh, my biggest problem with this game was deciding what visual mode to play it in. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not like that analysis paralysis it puts me into. I mean, I you know it's nice that the de- devs in this new generation are giving us the option of a high frame rate or all the bells and whistles. But I I am paralyzed with with
0: yeah
1: I I want to see it the best way. I settled on the ray traced 60 frames because 60 frames really makes this game sing because you are moving very fast. There's lots of stuff yeah. on the screen. The high frame rate really makes it beautiful. And I think you can just process all of the zaniness on the screen better at 60 frames. But I'm constantly asking myself, well, what thing did they take away to give me 60 frames? What am I missing? What beautiful, gorgeous thing? Jeff,
0: I played exactly. it twice. I played it twice.
1: Did you play just, it in each mode?
0: Yeah. So I had already played through it, and then they um, Sony pushed out the day one patch um, for reviewers, uh, and then I was like, oh, I want to see this. I was like, oh, this, I like this too. And I was just working on a second playthrough to get the platinum trophy, um, because I'm obsessive like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I were to make a recommendation to people, if you can go in with the fidelity mode and not be previously playing any 60 FPS game, that is the way to play it. But if your eyes have a real hard time, like I would jump from another game back into ratchet and, and play it at just fidelity without the 60 FPS. And it was, yeah, it was a little too distracting for me. Um, but if I think fidelity it 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 offers a lot of just like extra upped detail, um, but I yeah. think I think both ways are are still perfectly like fine ways to play it for sure. I
1: must have flipped back and forth twenty times. I'm not even joking.
0: Yeah, I was glad I, that it didn't come out because I was like, I I wouldn't have seen it this way because I did the same thing with Spider Man. Spider Man didn't have the it didn't come out until later that they came up with the technology to do the RT performance. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm glad that I didn't have this as an option because I probably would have had analysis paralysis, like you're saying." Yeah,
2: this is. Christian. Christian, I shouted them out uh, on the show before, and I will keep shouting them out. In Digital Foundry, I trust. You know, like I, I wait for them, and they recommend one, and they recommended that. Uh, the great compromise you know 60 frames with ray tracing and that's the way i'm playing it and i can see the differences of like oh that crowd has four people in it like i know in fidelity mode it's full crowd and all the bits and bobs aren't flying off but it looks it looks good i i'm glad they give us the options versus you know not i think you'd have people upset if they locked you into 30 frames per second and i think people would be disappointed if you don't get ray tracing at 60 i, I think Insomniac time and time again, especially recently, has proven that they are one of the top-tier developers. And whatever Sony paid for them, $200 million, bargain of a lifetime. <laughs> like, yeah. just what a, what a what a steal for the, the games they're putting out. And Ratchet and & Clank Rift Apart, it is at the very tip-top of my game of the year right now. Just an absolute phenomenal showpiece for the system. I, I, I still think that, the um half trigger full trigger pull for shooting mechanics as i mentioned for returnal like that's not for me i i'm, I'm I firing love it double. so much I'm, it's not precise enough like i'm firing i, I i'm not hitting that they, they
0: don't use it as much as returnal and returnal it's it's a punishment if you accidentally do anything i feel like ratchet is less of a punishment um, yeah but yeah kind of just- I, I i do i do side with jeff i think it you know, it adds a new dimension. I loved when uh ratchet or rivet would be typing on a computer and you would just
2: feel the like,
1: yeah. Th- oh yeah. Uh, in I the love,
2: controller. Yeah. The haptics are great. And I love that. it And it, like you said, whichever you said it, Jeff or Anthony, this is a ratchet and clank game. Like it's not yeah. they're you know, it, it's not God of war. You know, they're not reinventing what the franchise is and, and, and doing something drastically different than what ratchet has been, but it is just such a fun video game and i love that it's a video game when you first switch over to rivet you have all of ratchet's guns you know (laughs) they're
1: they're not going to make a big deal about it there's no justification it's just that's way it should work because you paid to upgrade all this stuff so it just works in this dimension too
2: right they don't have the shop explain like oh yeah they're across all lombax Mm. it's just like yeah no dude just go play go run. The writing seems uh, really great and on point. The voice acting performances are great. And I love those moments where they zoom in and flex, you know, they're going to zoom in on ratchets fur. we're going to see clank ray traced everything as you're zipping through eight different, you know, universes. And you see the ray tracing effects change as you're in a neon city into prehistoric times. It's just phenomenal. And it's, it's paced really, really well. I have not finished it yet, um feels like i'm approaching that point but it doesn't seem like it has fat it's not like and now you will no. do this for two hours it just is kind no, of pulling you along it's really yeah. really good
1: there's a moment early on where ratchet i think or rivet one of them sits down next to this creature that is basically a sheep and oh, yeah, yeah. the sheep wool i'm like this is a movie. This is an animated Pixar movie. Sheep wool looking car- animated character. It's it's so beautiful. It's so good. Um
0: and yeah, there's there's a um there's a moment in the first level where you're you're basically on a like a a train type situation, I'm trying to be vague, and destruction is happening all around you, and all I could think w- think of was I cannot wait for an uncharted game <laughs> to make yeah. a, you know, just everything is destroying around me because the way that they do it is so cool and and so exciting. And it's, it, some of it's very linear. Like it's very like you're on a rail and you're just jumping over, but they pack in so much detail and so much to take in that if there was more to do, I feel like you'd, you know, you'd just be dying all the time and not having fun.
1: Well, the organic levels is what made me want an uncharted game on PS five. It's like, there's a lot of organic levels with, foliage and lush yeah. environments like hoo. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah and it, i think a, it is more open world than the ratchet games have been there's lots of like yeah uh areas where you can just zip around and do whatever you want um and explore and there's things to find um which yeah. is fun
0: i i would say the one kind of thing that i think pe- people deserve to know is that for as much as the marketing makes a made a big point about like the dimension jumping it It is not as much a big part of the game as you might think. You don't have a lot of agency in it except for some very specific moments. And usually it's like your progression is blocked unless you do this thing. You know, I I know a lot of people were, you know, going crazy saying like, what if I could pull, you know, this enemy into an alternate dimension and fight? It's not, it it is more linear and scripted. Um,
1: It's a bit of a bummer because I was led to believe that too, or at least I was hoping for that as we were leading up to it is like, Oh my God, are we going to get a, a, a gun in ratchet and clank that lets you just switch dimensions. And that's not at all what it is. Um, but it is still cool. It, w- basically what it lets you do is kind of play portal in the middle of this big third person action game and you know, zip around and like appear behind enemies uh, and, and stuff like that. And, and that is very fun. It's very fun. It's just not to the level that I think the premise would have suggested.
0: It, if you like that returnal kind of fluid moment m- movement, but you were like, ah, I'm just, I'm getting hit. The ratchet is a little more, I think uh, not refined, but it's less punishing. You know, you have yeah. a lot more of forgiving uh, movement abilities, like a kind of a dash um, and you obviously jump. And and most of the enemies telegraph their attacks pretty well.
1: Yeah. It's very fun. Very mm-hmm. fun. Home run of a game. Uh, I did get a code for it. I should have said that at the top. Um, um, and uh, I just, I, you know, I I think it's at the top of my uh game of the year list as well. It's, it's really good. Really it's good. Really good. It's mentioned. Home runs. It, is,
2: it is $70. Uh, I paid yeah, that. Not cheap. I paid that $70. I, I do, I think like this is, again, it's at the top of my list right now. Very close, if not the very top of my list for favorite game of the year, um, for this year. But I think if you haven't played any of Ratchet games and you have a PS5, you can go get that other one for free with the sixty frame update and be happy.
1: Dude, like, that sixty frame update on PlayStation 5 for Ratchet, just and Clank. Ratchet and Clank with no subtitle is very good. And it's, it's gorgeous yeah, too. It's, it's gorgeous.
2: A, yeah, it's still a very like if you haven't yeah. played that one, play that one first. Wait for this one to go on sale. Like play Rift Apart. But like yeah that that one's a great game
1: (laughs) great game beautiful game you're not gonna it's not gonna feel like oh this is the ugly old one no it's gorgeous and (laughs) plays at 60 yeah
2: that's the only caveat is that like they updated that other one that was already great to also be incredible where it's like (laughs) yeah it's
0: really hard because now it's 70 dollars and people are like well how long is it and it's like well if you sped through it you could finish it in eight to ten hours and they're like oh no
1: there's lots of optional stuff to do too sure yeah that's cool
2: I think it I mean I do I, I paid that money I, I, I you know whatever I think it's worth it I, I think it is a showpiece game, but it is I feel like I'm the one saying negative stuff I'm, I love this game it is a ratchet game know that it is a ratchet game yeah but yeah. it is. it is incredible and I think we've you yeah, yeah
1: you're basically shooting stuff the whole time
2: but the guns re- are really
1: fun really very fun, fun guns really fun. and the upgrades of the guns are, are fun um Everything's so, yeah. a reward. Everything yeah.
2: like the only yeah. analysis paralysis is what mode you play it in. Everything else is like, do you want to unlock this? I'm like, well, what does that do? It makes it awesome. Well, what does this other one do? Also make it awesome.
1: Oh, what do one I of my one of my favorite things that they did is give you a way to turn all the little gears and bolts doodads that pop off of things into other stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I've been playing with the gems. And it's, I feel like it's so much better to have these, like, colorful gems being knocked off of things. Ugh, so cool. So cool. Uh, great game. Great game. Ratch yeah. and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, all right, we are, you know, this is our E3 Spectacular, so we're not doing our normal segments. Uh, but Anthony Tarmina, thanks for being with us. It's always great talking E3 with you. I wish I could have been standing next to you and uh, eating delicious things the whole day, but... <laughs> delicious
0: good for us not same same but delicious delicious yes Um, i miss it i miss it for sure
1: yeah but thank you for being here with us Uh, tell folks where they can find all of your e3 coverage and more
0: so GameRant.com, I'm Editor-in-Chief, so I'm sort of spearheading the coverage. I also wrote a review of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart if you want more thoughts. Uh, I gave it 4.5 out of 5 if you just you just want to know what score I gave it. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at AntTormina, A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A, if you want just thoughts about video games and stuff.
1: Very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week?
2: You mentioned your score, Anthony. Uh, I am surprised that Rift Apart has reviewed, like, a good point to half point higher than past Ratchet Clank games. That kind of surprises me. I always thought the other game should have reviewed higher. um, Yeah. Not to get nitpicky. I think it's the
1: prettiness factor. I yeah, think it, I, it definitely is a pretty prettiness
2: yeah. factor
0: for sure. I I've mean, loved- I still really love the Ratchet and Clank games, I think more than your average person. Um, but yes, I think the prettiness factor of just saying like, oh, I want to use my score to let you know how important this game is for what, you know, the future. I think is yes. a point of contention.
2: Been a big fan of the franchise and I'm, I'm glad to see it. I don't want to say it's glowing up, but I'm glad to see it. Getting this moment, because I think people should play it. Uh for me this week, Twitter's the best way at Spicer S P I C E R. I look forward to having a heart attack on Tuesday during Nintendo's press conference. I don't know what it's gonna be, but something. Something, right? Come on, something. <laughs> uh <laughs> something. And then I have a newsletter you can subscribe to. Um you can find it at TinyLetter.com slash Christian Spicer. And I've started on kind of a digest of this post this week of games. So I look to finish that when we kind of wrap things up, but you can get some other thoughts there. Um, it's a good, it's a good week for games. There are so many great games coming out.
1: Some today. might even say.
2: I, I said that. I mean, that's what it's me saying. That.
1: Some, some, some might say <laughs> the rare three times in one episode of the uh, sound drop. <laughs> it could be played more. This episode. You could, <laughs> um you can always follow me on twitter i'm at jeff canada which is spelled with two n's and one t you can always email us here at the show dlc at gmail.com we love hearing from you and i've got other shows for you to check out you can watch me on the dungeon run lead a group of adventurers on a high fantasy adventure it's a it's a lot of fun and we are um We are doing some really cool stuff right now. We just went to the Orc homeland of one of our characters, Ugo, uh, and you can check that out. It's on uh, YouTube. You can find it by searching for The Dungeon Run. You can find it as an audio podcast, or you can watch it live on Twitch every Wednesday, although this week it's on Tuesday. You might not even hear this in time to catch that, but usually it's Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash the dungeon run. And uh, you also do the Slash Filmcast, which is about movies and TV shows. You can find that at SlashFilmcast.com. We're talking about In the Heights this week. And the, uh, the We Have Concerns is another show I do. It's a comedy science show um, where you can learn something and laugh along the way. And I've got a sports show, the uh, fan-controlled football show, on Thursdays streaming at FC. F. all right that's gonna do it for this episode of dlc we appreciate you listening we're excited to talk more e3 we'll be back next week until then think about what you put out into the world make it a better place
0: e3
2: It can no longer see or hear us.